0: Hi guys, I'm Carla. And I'm Iman. And this is Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. Today, we're back for a quick episode to discuss two new TV shows that have caught our attention and made us really excited to share them with you guys. Amazon's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, trust us, that name doesn't do the show justice, and HBO's Crashing. Iman, how about we just dive right in and start talking. (laughs) Yes, that's great. Do you want to talk Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yes. Okay, so this is actually a series that isn't actually a series yet. At this point, it's still only an Amazon pilot, meaning only one episode has been created. And at this point, I'm pretty sure it hasn't officially been picked up. But regardless, it's created a lot of buzz mostly because it was created by Amy Sherman Palladino. That's the same woman who created Gilmore Girls and is known for creating quirky comedies with a strong female lead. Iman, do you want to give a really brief description about the show's premise without giving any major spoilers?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which totally agreed, the title does not do it justice, (laughs) is a show about Miriam Midge Maisel, a witty and energetic Jewish housewife living a so-called perfect life in New York City's Upper West Side. She has two young kids and a husband, Joel, who, despite having a plush office job, dreams of becoming a stand-up comedian. Later, when certain events send her life into a tailspin, Midge wonders whether she can use her own talents to launch her own career in the male-dominated world of stand-up comedy.
0: Yes. Iman, I must say, going into this show, I knew absolutely nothing about its plot. The only things I knew were the title, which made me expect it was a show about a magician nanny or something, (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that it was created by Amy Sherman Palladino, or ASP as fans like to call her. And somehow, I think this actually elevated the viewing experience for me because I was absolutely shocked by how much I liked it. I've also been watching CNN's History of Comedy documentary series, which surprisingly served as a great primer for relevant comedy history. What about you? Did you know anything about the
1: show before watching it? I did know that it was going to be about a female... I thought a while back I had heard something about a female TV host. mm and there were people saying, oh, they should get Lauren Graham to play it. Um, I don't know if that was just crossed signals and, or a long game of telephone. So I, I did know that it was going to be about a woman in a male-dominated entertainment entertainment field. Did uh, you know it was a period piece? I did not. Oh, wait, no. Yes, I think I might have. Suffice to say, going <laughs> into this show, I didn't know much about the plot. Nothing yeah. concrete. I did know the title, which uh, you said I'm a magician, Annie. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like a silly title. I have also grown since Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life, which we did an episode on. Yes. I've grown pretty suspicious or wary of ASP, as you call her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I went in with expectations very, very low. What would you think about it after you saw it? I loved it. Yes. I, I thought it was comparable to a something like a funny madman or I mean the character development was great the production value looked good it was the first Amazon pilot I had ever seen which is an interesting premise but I'm huh. I'm definitely hoping it's it's picked up yes I
0: mean we've spoken about Amy Sherman Palladino and our fondness for the original Gilmore Girls series in this podcast in the past, but one of the things that really shocked me about this show was how much it deviated from ASP's previous works. So in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, we see things like flashbacks or the fact that it's set in the past so the pop culture references that the characters make aren't as frequent and they're pretty relevant to their generation. It also introduces characters that were real figures in comedy, people like Lenny Bruce. And the music was definitely different. There were no Lalas. Yeah.
1: I think after watching it, I wondered, is this the type of show that she would have created if it weren't for a network? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did Gilmore Girls suffer because of network notes? Or is this just... It just felt so much more artistic. Yes. I mean, I think all the things I listed combined
0: just really worked. And like you're kind of hinting at, I might even argue that they better suit Amy Sherman Palladino's comedy style and elevate it.
1: Yeah. In Gilmore Girls, something that uh, fans would mention a lot is that the comedy or the references sometimes kind of felt outdated. Yes. You'd see them watching old, old movies from the 50s. Referencing Peyton's place. Yeah, referencing things that just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and They kind of, weren't
0: things that an average 30-year-old woman would yeah, be talking about. They were
1: kind of alienating, but here it services it in the sense that, I mean, it takes place in that era. So, yeah, it definitely the combined comedy and references and the writer i mean it, it it just worked
0: yes other things that worked there were a lot of unique and well-developed characters for the most part i have to say the the title character midge mazel i really liked her and i i was digging her can-do attitude i i was a little unsure about her at the beginning when we were first introduced to her Uh, I think she was giving the toast at her own wedding, which was a little weird, but it didn't take long for me to get charmed by her humor
1: and her quick wit. Yeah, I'd agree. She initially, as you've also shared, annoyed me at the beginning. Uh, Also in some of her, I'd call them Um, Palladino-isms. She's very body conscious. Some of her reactions are kind of unrealistically sarcastic Mm -hmm. I would say but somehow the fact that as we mentioned earlier the fact that it was a period piece made all of it a bit more palatable than it would have been in in a in a comedy set in the modern world
0: yes I also really liked the way they made her character a quote fixer from the start and showed how she was the driving force facilitating her husband's aspiring comedy career
1: that I thought was really cool yeah, the show had a couple fake-outs where we see her, uh, one example that's not very spoilery is, we see her uh, cooking a brisket and you think, oh, okay, this is an average housewife, and then it kind of does an interesting twist where the brisket serves something else. Yes. I was also, you mentioned Midge, but I was also very into the dad character played by yes. uh, Tony Shalhoub. Monk! Yeah, monk! Iman and I were a couple of heads back in the day. <laughs> yeah i loved him in this in this uh show he just seemed well written and you kind of get a you feel like tony shaloub it just gave him a lot of life he brought him yes. to life and uh same goes with um A butch bartender at one of the comedy clubs, Susie. Yes. Who, um... She's played by Alex Bornstein. Yes, who's another ASP regular. In this show, she offers to take Midge under her wing of sorts and coach her into becoming a more polished comedian.
0: Yes. No, I I love both these characters. I kind of wish Tony Shalhoub had a bigger part in the pilot, but he was really great with the bits the script actually gave him. And yes... Susie was amazing. Her character was just so beautifully suited for Alex Bornstein. Mm -hmm. And now that I think of it, Susie kind of reminded me of a Luke Danes type person. Like... Interesting. Like Gilmore Girls.
1: Yeah, somebody that kind of finds folly in social conventions and is an outsider. Yeah, the foil to the loud talking comedic person. Yeah. Um, One thing that I will say, uh, Midge's mom and her husband and one of her brat kids, I can't remember his name. Oh, God. Ethan. (laughs) Ethan. Ethan. Oh, God. The worst. Um, But the show almost acknowledged it in a way that made you feel like, oh, the show thinks they're bratty, too. So it never took me out of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are characters you like and there are characters you definitely don't like in this pilot. Yes. One thing I wasn't expecting was the show's social commentary on 1950s America. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this before, but there are definitely body image issues that are addressed. It it touches on gender norms. And Joel Maisel, this is Midge's husband, oh my god, her man-child husband reminded me so much of Pete Campbell. Interesting, yeah, that even down the head. Even down to his
1: pajamas. Oh my gosh, you're so right. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. There are a lot of Mad Men crossovers, but in a way that doesn't feel like a hacky or a ripoff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought of Mad Men a lot when I was watching this. And I think that's because the production design of the show was so outstanding. A lot of the sets look like they could be straight out of Mad Men or... A movie I love Brooklyn I'm being sarcastic or inside Lewin Davis and the wardrobe was
1: great. Yeah. I found
0: myself wanting a lot of Midge's clothes. Yeah, it was
1: awesome when she when she decides to wear clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh one last note on it is that there was actual laugh out loud comedy yes
0: who would have known a show about comedy that actually makes you laugh
1: <laughs> yeah there was one um one kind of riff on spoken word that um i'll only say the word spokane <laughs> but um man yeah man if you watch the watch the show definitely look out for that yes no it it's
0: just a charming feel-good comedy um just to wrap up our quick discussion on it final thoughts I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say of the three pilots of Amy Sherman Palladino's that I've seen Gilmore Girls, Bunheads, and this one I think this could very well be Amy Sherman Palladino's best. Easily, it succeeds in all the ways a good pilot should by setting up character storylines and making the audience really
1: excited for what's to come. Yes, I agree with everything you've said, hundred percent. It was it was a great pilot. I found myself really excited to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, my final takeaway is great pilot, terrible font. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, the designer in you has to comment on that horrible font. Yeah, their title card. Uh I we heard on another podcast they said that it looked very uh fairly odd parents. Yes. It looked like bewitched or i oh, dream yeah, of genie. Yeah, yeah, true. It might have been a reference to that, but it did feel a little I mean, it's 2017. You don't yeah. have to pay homage in your it ugly Fox. yeah. So, I mean, we just gave our final thoughts, and I said I'm excited. What are? Is there anything in particular that you'd be excited to see the show explore in a full series? Yes,
0: I. I mean, straight off the bat, I want more Monk, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. I think is great and I think his character could be really expanded into something interesting and I'm also really looking forward to exploring that odd couple relationship that they've set up between Midge and Susie. Based off of the performances we've seen in the
1: pilot that could be great. Yeah it's almost like uh this is a Gilmore Girls reference but it's almost like uh Lorelei and Suki if Suki had a spine yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it
0: and uh, Alex Bornstein actually was supposed to play Suki oh wow yeah in in Gilmore Girls but there were some scheduling conflicts yeah so no. Melissa McCarthy got that part
1: I I really enjoyed uh this pilot and I'm excited to see to see what comes next great At the top of the show, we mentioned that we're going to be discussing two comedy shows uh, in a delicious bit of serendipity. I've been watching another show about both a uh, a broken marriage and a career in comedy. Mm -hmm. And that is HBO's new show. Uh, It's by Pete Holmes and Judd Apatow, Crashing. Nice. All right. So I'll set us up with a little bit of plot talk right now. This is based on the life of and starring comedian Pete Holmes, uh, who's a pretty wholesome comic from Boston. I'm a big fan of him and his podcast, You Made It Weird. But this show was uh, a fun and delightful surprise. Crashing is about a sweet, religious, struggling comedian whose wife leaves him for another man. Pete throws himself on the mercy of various acquaintances, uh, who most of whom are fellow comedians, who have spare couches, and he starts hustling for comedy-related gigs.
0: Nice. Uh, sweet and religious usually aren't words to describe comedians.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's, that's part of what I really like about it. I, I find myself describing this show to others as, quote, innocent Louis huh the character of pete just feels genuinely tender in a way that doesn't make fun of him for being sweet even if other characters on the shows are actively ribbing him for being innocent and kind of a rube it it doesn't make fun of him it's it's never mean yeah and i really like that and i think that this show i'm i mentioned saying that it's innocent louis there this is a saturated market um, half-hour shows by popular comedians. Mm -hmm. For instance, one recent episode was even called Parents, and fans of Aziz Ansari might note that that is the exact same title as one of the Master of None episodes. Oh my gosh, yes, one of the most critically acclaimed episodes. Yeah, but watching this episode, I mean, it felt completely unique i mean it's all about pete's close or maybe too close relationship with his parents which is another thing you don't see in comedy very frequently Uh uh-huh but it it almost i mean given that him and his family are all raised in boston it might not be what we traditionally label as diverse but it's a perspective that i don't see all the time especially as i mentioned in contemporary comedy Unless it's about some loser character, so I found it really refreshing in its lack of concern with looking cool.
0: Hmm, that's really neat. How close do you think Crashing is based off of Pete Holmes's own life?
1: Uh, so far it seemed pretty one-to-one, just with exaggerated comedy bits.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I was really interested for you to see it because I am such a big fan of the podcast I know his life already, so watching this feels like oh, it's a fun dramatization, <laughs> a biography, a of biography sorts. of sorts. And I've already been somewhat charmed by him as a comedian, and I know what I like about him. But I was interested. Uh, what did you think about the pilot? Did you find him as sweet and endearing as I did? I I came in a
0: little skeptical. I don't know much about Pete Holmes myself, so to me, I I think. Okay, I've only seen one episode, so it's yeah. hard to judge, but I wasn't sure if he was putting on an act and making fun of the sweet, endearing mm-hmm. comedian types, or if he actually is one. So that's still to be determined, but yeah. I did find myself chuckling at a lot of the jokes in it as well, kind of like we were mentioning with uh, Maisel Mazel. Especially that joke halfway through the episode where they were... He was in a subway and he was talking to kids about Inside Out. Yeah. And he was using the characters to describe how his life
1: was falling yeah. apart. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tender.
0: Yes. Yeah, so um. it definitely made me curious and interested to see more
1: yeah i think it's one that also uh probably like Louie. if you're a fan of other comedians this show uh the second episode features an arc with tj comedian tj miller mm-hmm. uh, later episodes have sarah silverman it's it's just fun and i think cr- i think about crashing and about another half hour dramedy that we discussed recently like atlanta Huh. And and how apples to oranges a comparison between the two would be, and I realized that in this age of crushing surplus, where we're trying to identify must see television or even recommend shows to one another, it's really just about finding a happy fit for yourself. Pete Holmes, he probably isn't for everyone crashing might not be for everyone but so far it's been a show about rooting for the little guy and that that that's worked for me yeah uh i'm also happy to know it has been renewed for a second season wow so if you have a little over an hour to spare i would recommend watching the first three episodes it'll take you they're half hour it'll take you an hour and a half tops uh and it includes that small arc with tj miller that that's uh ehrlich from silicon valley for any fans of that show but yeah, check it out if you're curious. Let me know what you think. I've I've been enjoying it. I I'm, I'm a little behind. I need to catch up. But yeah. um it it's one that I'm I'm looking forward to. It's one that I'm generally in the mood for.
0: Yeah, and it's nice to have those types of shows in your back pocket when you want yeah. something new to watch. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm really excited to check it out. And if any of our listeners decide to, they should
1: definitely let us know and tell us what they think. Yeah. I think that about does it for this mini episode of Screensaver.
0: Yes. For anyone who wants to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at ScreensaverPod or by searching us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Screensaver Podcast. And as always, you can find other episodes of Screensaver on iTunes. So, thanks for recommending this show, Iman. I'm excited to check out Crashing, and I'm glad you liked Maisel, too.
1: Totally. (laughs) Alright, check out those shows, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.